Chris, Geoff, Lawrence, all the boys from down at the Strong Style Story. Here's a big old motherfucking thank you for signing up. Thank you for being number one hoots. And I don't know what the fuck other bullshit you want me to say to promote your shit, but I love your motherfucking shit. And that is a shoot hoot. Episode 65 of the Strong Style Story Podcast here on the PWOM Podcast Network. I am your host, Selector Jeffrey Wessel. You can find me at Strong Style Story without the E in style on Twitter. The blog is at strongstylestory.tumblr.com. With me today, of course, Chris Damasceno. Chris, how are you, man? Hey, I'm doing good, Jeff. Thank you so much for asking. And once again, I'd like to uh, thank... uh, now personal friend of the show, Sex Ferguson, for that wonderful <laughs> introduction that he proceeded to give us. As it turns out, being a patron of the Hoots and the Talking Shop podcast did allow us to get a little video shout-out from the man himself in the early stages of that. So I requested it accordingly for myself, Jeff, Lawrence O'Brien, who's not here with us today, and the Strong Style Story podcast in general. So yeah. It, it, if you guys are listening, if the hoots are out there listening to this somehow, I'm sorry. It's not going to get any better from this point forward. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Now, th- this was actually done like several months ago, but, you know, that was during the time that we weren't doing this show because there was no New Japan. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, it was about two months ago, so it's not too long, but long enough. Yeah, and I completely forgot about it for last episode. So yeah, so now, yeah. But last episode was on a rush too, just because we gotten the news like the day before. So it was like, well, I guess we got to record something. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it all came, it all came flooding. But uh, yeah, so I, I just hope we have better luck with uh, with Sex Ferguson than the last time we had a uh, a wrestler introduce the show because uh, yeah, that didn't work out so well, did it? <laughs> yeah, our batting average is zero for one so far. Yeah. So ideally, we make it one for two and just go back to 500 i'd be fine with that yeah yeah so uh so hey uh we just finished the new japan cup cycle uh including dominion uh which had fans at it uh a third mm-hmm. capacity of a Saka joe hall uh but uh yeah so we, we we went through the 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 whole damn new japan cup and uh boy do we have some topics to discuss uh with regard to to what happened here, uh, there might be a rant or two involved as well. So you know, uh, so strap in. This this could be a fun show. So, um, Chris, what did you think about the New Japan Cup tournament overall? I'd say overall, it was good. I enjoyed a lot of the dynamic uh, 
of course, COVID-19 forced their hands in a lot of ways with the uh, foreign talents being forced to be stuck at home, unfortunately, and not being able to travel in for it. So they had to improvise on the fly by adding in junior heavyweights as well as young lions into the tournament. But I think those additions were actually wonderful because we got to see a lot of unique matchups in the process. Um Something that comes to mind already right off the bat that I think it was one of the low-key best matches in the entire tournament was Tomohiro Ishii versus El Desperado, which is just proof of how good Despi is in any role that you put him in. So uh, we'll discuss him a little bit later on the show as he's got some important points he'll be hitting on in the upcoming uh, tours for New Japan. But I like the dynamic of it. I liked that it gave Hiromu Takahashi a chance to shine in a way in which he wasn't able to do in the anniversary show match that was scheduled between him and Tetsuya Naito. So seeing Hiromu's run in the New Japan Cup was phenomenal as well. We had an amazing uh, Minoru Suzuki versus Yuji Nagata match that we got out of it. That match ruled. I love that match. Uh, show versus Shingo Takagi fucked just the way that we expected it to. That was uh, that was the match of the tournament. That was the it, best match of the tournament. It was not my favorite match of the tournament. It was definitely the, but it was best, the match best match. The yes, tournament. I do agree with that. Definitely. Yeah, uh, that, yeah, that whole had some match really You yeah. had Taiji Shimori also make a sneaky good run all the way to the quarterfinals as well. Uh, you've got a banger in Ishii versus Hiromu Takahashi, which some might argue was the best match of the tournament as well, too. And I don't blame people who do think it that way as well. It was phenomenal in every way as well. But the big story here was just that a lot of people were expecting a rematch between Okada and Sonata from last year's New Japan Cup. We kind of did not get that in any way. No, we did not. We instead got... Uh, a man that would do whatever it took to get to the finals and win, and that man was evil. Yes, and yes, it was, and yes, yes, evil yes he was. New Japan Cup win- yep, evil is your new Japan Cup winner of 2020, which I don't think a lot of people had on their bingo cards for the year, but again, that's just an extra accolade added on to an already sort of illustrious record that he has with, you know, uh, World Tag League, multiple tag team titles, uh, never open weight title singles reign, the never open weight well, six man comedy belts. Well, 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 wait a minute, that 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 never open weight six that never open weight title reign was ten days. <laughs> it was. It still counts, though. It does. It does. It, does. It, it was a title reign. Yes. Yeah. So it's just it, it is one of those situations where he has low key already done quite a few things. So this is just an extra feather in the cap for him. But the real story after what was really, for the most part, an entertaining tournament with a few duds here and there. Uh, it was the aftermath of that cup final where Evil defeated Kazuchika Okada, which uh, happened to have Tetsuya Naito come to, out to the ring, basically say that he liked this version of Evil that was doing whatever it took to you know, get victories and such, and that, hey, two LIJ buddies were going to face up around with each other in the finals. Uh you know, do a title match at Dominion. It was going to be great competition. And then, of course... He throws uh, up the Wolfpack sign. And then drops him with the evil STO, which confuses some people. But then it's just... 
the realization of Yujiro Takahashi's interference in that main event, which, again, if there is one thing that we can discuss about this tournament that were dud-related, is just the fuck finishes in some of these matches. Just Yeah. I get that I get that Bullet Club shtick, but if there's one thing that we did not miss during the COVID-19 pandemic stopping, grinding things to a halt, it was this sort of shit. Yeah. Like, that's... It, the major con that I would say this tournament had was just anything BC related outside of like most Ishimori matches just being fuck finishes, which. Yeah, I, I, we really didn't miss that. But I mean, there, there, there was some good storytelling here in that. Number one, uh, I mean, they, they had established evil was, you know, cheating to win the whole way, which was good. It was a good way to write Yoshihashi out after it was determined. Yeah. He had a legit knee injury. Mm-hmm. Um, so that, that was, I mean, I was, I, I thought it was really strange. I mean, I, I thought it was great that he spared us, you know, a lengthy match with Yoshihashi. <laughs> two that minutes. was nice. I mean, that, that was awful nice of him. So, but um, at the same time, you know, they, they had been teasing somebody, Splitting from Los Ingobernables de Japón for for some time, and the thing is, is that they they had all the signs had pointed towards uh, say a Sonata because they've yeah. been teasing that for a while. He was the only one who didn't have a title belt in the group at the time. Um, you know, he was getting actively recruited by you know Kota Ibushi and Ryusuke Taguchi. You know, so I mean, all, all the signs were were there that someone would, and you know, plus you know, they 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 had that you know retrospective on Lij that where Bushi was explaining just exactly why nobody had left yet. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know. Yeah, I definitely. Yep, I definitely. They, the they, timing on a lot of things were key in that regard, and yeah, a lot of us did expect it to be Sonata to be the guy who leaves altogether but i like the call that they made and the fact that the first guy who joined the faction is the first guy who left it yeah now mind you if you want to take the entire history of los ingobernables uh evil is hardly the first person to have left because... yeah i mean more more so the, the the lij portion of the faction not including the original cmll one yeah. which well and we don't, obviously and we don't... La leaving to go elsewhere and all sorts well, of things. Well, a couple of other, like, La Mascara had left for a while, too, infuted with Rush, you know, which, led, which led to a mask match against Dragon Lee mm-hmm. that, that he lost. So uh, why he continues to call himself La Mascara is beyond me, because <laughs> he ain't masked, brother. <laughs> there's there's no Mascara on him. Uh, and then, you know, uh, Marco Corleone turned his back on Los Ingobernables because he and uh, Maximo... Briefly reformed uh, Buffet del Amor, if you remember, for a little bit. But uh, and then you know there was also the 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 complete abortion that was J- Jay Lethal being associated with Los Ingobernables. <laughs> but you know we 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 don't like to talk about those times. So uh, yeah, much maybe. like we don't like much like we don't like to talk about the fact that Kenny King is in an Lij related faction in Ring of Honor, but yeah, we're not going yeah, there. Yeah, we're not going there. Yeah, we're not, we're we're not, not talking about Faction in Gobernable in Ring of no, Honor. No, 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 no. But I will say this: a uh, quick shout out to Marco Corleone in general because talk about a guy who 
you know, got scorned accordingly by the Fed and actually made a name for himself in Mexico as an absolute fucking heartthrob. Good on him. Yeah, yeah I, he's living the life. I mean, he doesn't. He, yeah, not, he doesn't have for to wrestle. Sure. He doesn't have to wrestle anymore ever. He's got the telenovela money, man. Like that. That stuff goes a long way in Mexico. So good on him. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, um, so before we uh we we, we get too far out uh, discussing uh things like this, uh, I do uh, say that. Like I said, that I, I did mention that while Shingo versus Show was the best match on in the tournament, it was not my favorite match of the tournament. Uh, did, 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 does that apply for you as well, Chris? Actually, yes, because for me, my favorite match personally was Hiromu versus Ishii. Okay, my favorite match. My favorite uh, match. Though- one, yeah, yeah. Sorry, with did, Suzuki and Nagata as a close second. Oh, I that was, yeah, that was a banger too, but. My favorite match of the tournament? Mm-hmm. Hiromu versus Toriano, because, my God, I had not laughed so hard in... Oh, my God. <laughs> in, in a while, and, and God damn it, we needed... Actually, you know what? I take that back, because I, I, I remember laughing pretty damn hard at that uh, that stadium stampede match in AEW. That, that one cracked me up, too. But this one, yes, <laughs> I was just dying. Yeah, be, be, uh, be, 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 between getting a young lion taped to to him and and then just yeah, shoving him down an, into an elevator. <laughs> yep. down. The elevator fuck finish might be my favorite fuck finish in a wrestling match ever. <laughs> what a way to go! That was, that was the greatest. I, I, I you know. We, we we love us some work rate matches. Sometimes we 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 like our serious lesson, but god damn it, sometimes you just need to laugh and and have fun. And my god, did that work? Did that do and, that? You know. And, and when you had the night before being the setup where they both got counted out because they were going around the building with Hiromu trying to escape Yano, cutting <laughs> yeah. off more chunks of his hair. Just the setup on the it was legitimately like a five-year story that got paid off in the funniest <laughs> way possible oh my god and hiromu uh, we'll, we'll discuss this here in a few minutes too but uh uh yeah uh, I, I i got some more feelings about hiromu to, yeah, to discuss too before, yes but before we do move on there is another thing that we should touch on because it did happen during the course of the new japan cup and that was uh, we've had some vignettes that were running for a little while there uh, during the middle of the shows and even before uh, we got back into the swing of things. And that paid off with a re-debut. Uh, new personality, still having sort of the same look from Mexico with his hair, but Hirai Kawada was back as Master Wato. Oh, yeah, Wait for the Grandmaster. And... Um, the internet made memes out of it for like that first day of that, but yeah, Hirai Kawada was good, folks, and uh, we're gonna talk about that as we go into Dominion here. Yeah, well, yeah, let's discuss this too because uh, no, I, actually, I, I'm okay with with with, with pulling the, out this rant now because let's do it, sure. Okay, first of all, just for what it's worth, the vignettes actually debuted on World Pro Wrestling first. Oh goodness! Right, you're right. Yes, which is which was unusual because usually they would debut during, you know, a a a, a show, but you know, uh, there was no show. <laughs> True. Like the, the, the 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 first show, 
which which did have the the vignette, but yeah, so it, it was actually on World Pro Wrestling first of, of all of all things. So, but with that with all that in mind, yeah, the, the, there was a lot of memeage going on about about Kawato and oh haha, ha, he got laid out by fucking Doki. And oh well, you know, New Japan knew exactly how his uh, how his time in Mexico <laughs> went. Yeah, his excursion went. Okay, l- 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 let's talk about a few things regarding this. Because first of all, Kawato's excursion was not as bad as everyone made it out to be. I'm sorry. It wasn't the greatest, but it wasn't horrible either. And th- th- there were some underlying issues in there too, including like that, that couple of month period where he just kind of disappeared. Yeah, and which, I think it, we, wasn't we, it due to him being sick or something like that we, that happened? Cubs thought Cubs fan thought it was an illness, but later he said something about a knee problem. But <laughs> I don't know. But you know, it, it, it is what it is. Um, but he still came back. He still had a title. Don't forget, which got stripped from him. But I mean, he 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 went over Aldaz. You know the what you know the super rookie. Mm-hmm. In CMLL, although I think Templarios kind of lapped him at this, lapped Aldaz at this point, where that's concerned. But you know, not that there's been any CMLL shows in the last, you know, three four months, three four months either. But you know, okay, yeah. So he he couldn't catch a dive. Uh, okay, um, you know, there were there were guys not catching him too. I I, I did actually watch these matches, you know, <laughs> and. Yeah, again, so he and, and he he did get a title, which again was stripped from him. He also featured in an Apuestas match. Let's not forget main mm-hmm. event Apuestas match. Yes, okay, it was Sin Piedad, which and you know it's usually the, the folk that don't get the time they they get the special show on New Year's Eve on New Year's Day, but he still got it. Mm-hmm. You know. And it's very much a situation where I'll say this, like we've made our memes and like little ha ha jokes at times, depending on like how we looked at Hirai Kawato. But when you think about his excursion overall, as you mentioned, it's not like the greatest thing that, you know, blew up like sliced bread, much like Hiromu's excursion a couple of years back. But it wasn't some sort of like insult to man in any way, shape or form either. Most rookies don't have like these epic super excursions where they no. become big enough things for the most part they're just there to learn stuff so that way they come back into new japan and then they get built into like these mainstays like over- you know i i was thinking about it too it's like yeah everybody you know looks at you know the run of kama itachi and think that the, this is what has to happen uh show and yo did not have a great excursion either no, the Tempera boys. In fact, they, they, theirs was kind of weird because they were pulled from CMLL for some reason. Yeah, and then brought into Ring of Honor at that to, point, to, so they could work dark matches as the Tempera boys. Yeah, it's definitely a situation where, if you want to talk about how special Hiromu, Hiromu's uh, career has been so far into it, the fact that we talk about his excursion in this like legendary tone to go along with his current New Japan career. That says everything that you need to know about the guy. 
Right. To be honest. Right, and that's a credit to Hiromu more than anything. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. But let, let's he, yeah, he's the, the exception. He's not the norm. Like the the the, the Kama Itachi excursion was the exception, not the rule, because. Yosuke Mikami as Namahagwe wasn't really much to write home about. The excursion of No Limit was not oh much to, was not much to write home about, and was filled with you know, so much racism that that's mm-hmm. where the I thing came from. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah. yeah. Remember the whole thing where, like in TNA, like just one person squashed the two of them that one time when they were still both junior heavyweights. Yeah, fun times. Yeah. Everybody. Um. Yeah, uh, uh, speaking of TNA, uh, hi, Okado. <sighs> yeah, uh, yeah. Sorry, anyone who actually remembers at the time uh, as well, uh, Yuji Nagata's excursion in WCW was shit on at the time. Mm-hmm. It, it, it was seen as a joke. Yes, and I'm sure our buddies Dave and Lee at Days of Thunder will probably cover at least cover at least another one or two matches of that excursion. Yeah, as it, another it, fact yeah, as he, the he, story goes on. Yeah, he he was crapped on by WCW fans and, and, and wrestling fans. And if if you want to, and honestly, if you want to count the the number of good excursions from New Japan, I mean, Toshiaki Kawada hated his excursion in Canada. He he never went back. You know, he never went mm-hmm. back overseas. You know, I I, I could cut the number of new of New Japan of good let actual good New Japan excursion matches on one hand, and it's a, it's a whole two people. One of yeah. which we've already mentioned, Hiromo Takahashi as Kami Itachi. The other one, Keiji Mudo. Yeah, mm-hmm. as the great Mudo. And I would argue even. Uh, Jushin Thunder Liger, Askeichi Yamada had some success during his excursion stuff, but again, it's more so when he came back that he became a household name rather than a situation where the excursion made the man as much as the like career after that excursion. Right. So, so anyone saying that, oh, they heard about how bad his excursion went, d- don't actually know how the excursions go. Because part of what the excursions actually teach you is that yeah, you're going to get buried sometimes. And you know, ask Kazuchika Okada because I think that I I think the 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 rumor is is that New Japan knew TNA were going to treat him like shit. And then they 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 wanted to humble him a little bit before he got, you know, the mega push. Which yeah, I would say it's a situation where that TNA experience probably preferred Okada for the absolute worst, no matter what would happen going forward. So, and thanks for that TNA, I guess. And you know, uh, uh, on that note, uh, yeah, let, let's talk about another excursionee who didn't exactly have a legendary excursion, who's now hmm, currently at the top of New Japan in one Takaaki Watanabe. Yeah, indeed, that was one of the examples that was coming to mind as well. I'm like. Yeah, Watanabe's excursion was absolutely nothing to write home about. He was basically a young boy in Ring of Honor for the most part. Yeah. During that time. So just keep that in mind yeah. going forward and take the body of work going forward from Kawato as what you yeah. should expect to see, in which yeah, so, I so, think this so, was going to so lead up to Dominion as any. Yeah, so yeah, so let's fast forward to last to Saturday's show. Uh, which in which uh, Kawato 
as Master Watto debuted in the ring against Doki. And uh, wow, how about that? It was a really good match. Yeah. Who, and, who saw uh, that coming? And as it turns out, Doki can hold his own, and he's a good first guy to take a fall to a guy coming back from excursion. Uh, and again, Kawato showing off some sweet moves in the process there. That alley oop was very cool looking, and the spiral tap as his finisher. Uh, I believe it, he's calling it the RPP. Yes. Uh, not sure what the sig- uh, significance of the init- of the letters are, but Same. I'm sure we'll find out sooner rather than later. But very good uh, return match for Kawato there, and uh, the brilliant thing here it sets up a story aligning which. Suzuki gonna keep jumping in because I guess they're trying to humble the new guy and Wado's just going, nah, I'm just gonna take each and every one of you down if you're gonna keep doing this to me kind of thing. Yeah, now Tens see, on I, Edison, so. yeah, now see I, I have uh, something to say about that because somebody brought mm-hmm. up the fact that, you know, Kana, Yoshinobu Kanemaru is the heel master. Yes, he which is. is good, mm-hmm. but that's not the end game. Mm-hmm. The end game, as far as I am concerned, is... El Desperado, because you you will recall, uh, Kawato and El Desperado had a little bit of a feud going. Oh yeah, they have history, so it makes complete sense for the target to be Suzuki Gun in this case, with Despy being sort of that final boss for Master Wato's you know first arc within New Japan Pro Wrestling, yeah. and that should be fun to watch because they're in the same divi- they're in the same division. They can probably put something together. And imagine if it's a situation where El Desperado's wearing a certain bit of gold there, which we can mm. touch on here in just yeah, a minute. Yeah, which we're going to, yes. But, uh, yeah, so, I mean, you know, maybe, you know, maybe is the, the, the gut reaction is, ha-ha, Doki beat up Kawato. Yeah, well, okay. And yet here we are, <laughs> and and it was actually good. It wasn't a match of the year candidate, but it was a perfectly good, watchable, fun wrestling match, though, wasn't it? Yeah, that's what you needed out of something in the middle of the card like that for a singles match. So, good stuff. So, so yeah, let's uh, let, let's fast forward to Dominion here, and you know, in the in the wake of now. A lot of people were in their feelings about evil betraying, uh, betraying the the Los Angobernables, which I can understand. I mean, he was you know rather integral part of the group. Um, but we're here now, and I, I think there were some reasons for this. Um, the, you know, first of all, yeah, I mean, they, they did telegraph that someone was going to betray the group, but second. Uh, Bullet Club has been absolutely eviscerated because of the pandemic, and you know most of the mem- most of the key members aren't there right now. So I think this is kind of an audible that they had to do something. Yeah, when uh, Yuchiro Takahashi is the guy with seniority in that Bullet Club group that has been eviscerated by COVID. Yeah, you need to do something. Yeah. So, I mean, at least it, it, with this, they, 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 there's some credibility to it. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, we're, we're going to talk some more Yujiro here in a little bit, too. But, yeah. um, so, you so, know, the, the, so so before we even get into Dominion, there, there's a small matter of the fact that Evil was holding a title belt with two of his <laughs> uh, brethren in, in the group, which he, mm-hmm. he, he did later shit on, but... 
the fact is something needs to happen with that belt. So either we're going to see a conflict over that or, or he's just going to say, screw it. Um, and maybe either they're going to vacate the belts or Sonata will get it in some sort of freebird rule. Yeah, it's a wait and see approach on that. Yeah, but I mean, again, it's also the comedy title, so um, you know, it's kind of that who gives a shit feeling about not him. To, not to Bushi, it isn't at this point. Jesus, well, that's given true. the amount of times he's held it. Uh, but just to knock a few quick points here, I do want to talk about the Lij uh, Spectrum as well too. Just in the fact that in the minion going into the second match of the night. It was the team of Hiromu, Bushi, and Sonata against uh, Chaos Guys and Ishii and Yano and Yoritsuji, with uh, Hiromu specifically being the most shook out of everybody in this particular bit of betrayal, in which if you noticed his wrist tape uh, that night, he had the words written uh, in, ja- in Japanese kanji, why, multiple yeah. times across it. Yeah. Which is a sign of things to come for tonight. Yeah, Hiromu is possibly the most emotional wrestler in the entire New Japan roster. Possibly in the entire wrestling world. I mean, this is a man, he he, he cries often. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he this cries, he, he, he is traumatized by Toriano <laughs> during this tour. Um, you know, he, 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 he's, he's heartbroken. He, he demands justice. Mm-hmm. He, he, he's, he's human. And I love that about him because if you think about it, pro wrestling characters tend to be more etched towards the larger than life spectrum of the fence. And Hiromu is kind of one of those exceptions in the best way possible. And that well, is he's, just, he's pretty large. He's relatable. Than... I mean, he's pretty he large in life, but I mean, true. it's just in, in just the such left field ways. Yeah. Like the, like the lip balm thing. You know? <laughs> that was one of the, the funniest things ever. But I mean, remember that the, one of the greatest promos he ever cut where, remember the, from the, 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 the fallout from best of super juniors when he was like, but I, I don't want to wrestle Kushida. I want to wrestle Royal Osprey. And Sagabayashi was like, no, no, you, you can't, you have to wrestle Kushida. And he, Breaks down and cries and just crawls on his knees out the door. <laughs> yep. Uh, just a, a reaction, to say the least, at that particular time. But speaking of reactions, again, just showing the bare bones of Bullet Club stuff. When Sorry, sorry my, my computer decided to do a Windows system message. Button. Sorry about that. Oh, goodness. No, you're fine. But... It is interesting to me, too, as you mentioned, the Bullet Club stuff, and we talked about Yujiro having the seniority portion until the evil shift happened, and then you see Yujiro Takahashi actually picking up a pinfall on Hiroki Goto uh, during the middle of this Dominion card, which is just, oof. Hiroki Goto is, he's he's done. He He is completely buried. He, he, I don't think he's even gonna get it. I don't even think he's gonna get his courtesy never match at his courtesy never match at at Wrestle Kingdom. Forget about forget about the sympathy run for the IWGP title at this point. Yeah. Forget that. That's out the window. Nakanishi yeah. got better than him. That, that is very much true. Chono at twenty eight twenty five days got better than. Him. Yeah. Uh, 
But that said, let's touch on this next match of the card, the fifth match of seven, which was, I think, match of the night in Dominion altogether. And oh, that was yes. Shingo Takagi defending the Never Open Weight Championship against Sho in the rematch of oh, the New Japan Cup. And just, boy, they turned it up in the way that they were meant to from that first New Japan Cup encounter and just... Well, how about from that Best of Super Juniors from last Yeah, year? and Best of Super Juniors as well, too, absolutely. They're, they've they have had some uh, really good series against each other. And, you know, well, I... it is a shame, really quick, that Yo uh, did tear his ACL during the first round of the New Japan Cup yeah. against... She's going to be out for a while because... It's unfortunate because I think Yo is as talented as Sho is. He just hasn't had the chance to show it yet with the right opponents. But Sho's making the best out of his situation at this point and just putting on these bangers, which should go a long way for him in the next year. As yeah, and, part- and, and Shock Arrow is a good and Shock Arrow is a good, uh, is a good finish finisher. Too. Yeah, yeah, it's a good finisher. I actually like his music too. His solo yeah. music, mm-hmm. I like that. Uh, I know fight forever is one of those cliches. Now, uh, I, I actually think it applies here. I would watch like a lot of Shingo and Show matches <laughs> if they if yeah, they can I, keep this quality up. Yeah, I think the fun thing about it is that with the amount of times we've seen this match, it hasn't been something that's been ran dry into the wall as of yet. So if you wait a little bit longer and do this again at some point over the next couple months, it's still going to bang regardless because they are going to come up with not only their usual bits of artillery, but also come up with some new stuff in the process as well too. And they had some fantastic uh, areas here with me nearly biting it a couple of times on some of those uh, arm bars that show almost had locked in. Oh, yeah. The best part was they were clubbing the shit out of each other too. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Out of a wrestling match. Shingo's a phenomenal never open way champion. Like, I know the temptation is for letting a lot of the new guys that are coming in and challenging him to maybe be the guy who take him down. But no, keep that title on him for like another year. I'm more than okay with seeing Shingo going up against everybody and anybody possible until yeah. you just hurt every single matchup well, possible. Or you, you recall he was our wrestler of the year last year. He was. He was. And this is and shit like this is why. And you know, I'm gonna talk about one other thing, one of the best parts about this match, Chris. Yeah. It was only twenty minutes. Yes. It was a perfect length. And it we is, got everything yeah. that we needed again. Because we did not because Okada and Evil did not need to go over thirty minutes. Quite frankly, the the next two matches the next match we're going to talk about didn't need to be almost 20, uh, 30 minutes. And, yeah, the, and the main event of Dominion did not need to be over 30 minutes. Yeah. It, this, it's a very much a situation where you don't need to go 30 plus minute for epics. You can do it in, you know, two thirds of the time, if yeah. you will. And, and, and I'm going to point out another thing too, that I forgot to mention earlier uh, regarding the, 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 one of the things I liked about the new Japan cup tour Mm-hmm. Was its brevity? It yeah, was. Sure. It was five it, matches. It, got... it, it, it was five matches, and yeah, I, I I know I've talked before about how I think you know, yeah, six six matches is the perfect length, honestly. But at the same time, for the the period of the New Japan Cup, because they were so 
it was all, you know, uh, it was mostly singles matches, different lineups each day. We, we, we were not in the endless tag match rut that we often yeah. find ourselves in on these New Japan tours. And, yes, and Cycle benefited off of that considerably. Yeah, and, and I am actually kind of afraid that once we discuss, uh, you know, the Summer Struggle Tour that's coming up, is that we're going to be back into that pattern of the endless tag matches. Yeah, well, it's a wait-and-see approach at this yeah. point, more than anything. So. But, but anyway, yes, I completely agree. Uh, Shingo versus Show was the best match on Dominion 2. And the, and the aftermath was phenomenal because... It led to another junior heavyweight uh, making uh, staking his claim by just dropping Shingo with a right hand, and that was El Desperado. Yep. And boy, is that another another match that's going to be great because once again, Despy is incredibly underrated. So seeing him finally get a stage like this with an opponent like Shingo Takagi, that match is going to be great. I can't wait to see it come yeah, uh, single. And they were supposed yeah, to meet up. Yeah, they, I think they were supposed to meet up in la, in last. Oh wait, no, maybe they weren't. Was he in that block? I think it was in the opposite block from Shingo, if I recall correctly. Maybe. Super okay, maybe you're right. I know. Yeah, because I mean that was the block that Doki was had to be part of because yeah because <laughs> because <laughs> because because El Desperado ran into the truck known as Jun Kasai. <laughs> Yeah, and to think that ever since getting his jaw broken by Jun Kasai, Despi has gotten mouthier since, arguably. Like, he was poking fun of evil on Twitter just outright after the events of Dominion as well, too, basically calling him, like, an ugly beast or some shit like that, which was just... <laughs> uh, so, anyway, uh, speaking of Suzuki-gun, we, yeah. we have new heavyweight tag team champions. Uh, dangerous Techers beat Golden Ace through through a fuck finish. Hey, how about that? Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. I I really wanted to like this match more than more than I did, but again, it did not need to be as long as it was, and the 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 the, the fuck finishes and the fuck finish involved just it was like ugh, you know. It's a situation where, again, it would have benefited from having eight to ten minutes cut from the match itself, just for yeah. I, I think the comment, the com getting the fuck finish in properly. So. Yeah, the, yeah, yeah, the, yeah. The, between the two, yes, I, I think it was a combination of the two: the length and the fuck finish. Mm -hmm. And you know what? Uh, the main event, same problem, exact same problem. Yeah, um, I just want to make a quick note here and say that. Now that Zack Sabre Jr. did find his way to uh, his first title in New Japan Pro Wrestling, I do hope that somewhere out there he figures out how to get into his Google password manager and ideally find his Twitter password in the process as well. Because oh, no, did he? Oh, is he is he offline right now? He's been quiet for a while, Jeff. Since that whole thing started, which uh, that's a whole can of worms to open in a completely different podcast. That well, we'd we be are, here for an hour and a half if we'd started it. So well, we already yeah. did actually. We, 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 we did. We, we did open that uh, a few weeks ago on Boom Goes a Dynamite, um, and I did also write it at length about it on the blog. It, it's a few you know posts back at this point. But, but yes, is there a strong South story at Tumblr.com, By the way, folks. Yeah, but I mean, yeah, we we did talk about that. So not 
Yeah, not Zack Saber Jr. specifically, but we did. But it yes, we did cover it. But we did True. cover it at, at, at length. I might add. So I do agree. So yeah, we we're not going to go back. But now let's get to the meat and potatoes of the show and the sh- uh, shock decision that has everybody and their mother on the internet freaking the fuck out accordingly. Okay, th- there's going to be another rant here. <laughs> oh yeah, no, it's coming, but let's just cover the basics. Uh, it was a nearly 40-minute match with Ugh. a fuck finish at the end, uh, which included what we thought was a mass bushi, but we knew it wasn't really bushi because of just how jacked the person. Yeah. You can under- tell, I mean, you can tell it was not bushi. <laughs> I'm <Yeah>. sorry. <laughs> uh, but after a couple of shots to the dick, uh, in said interference in an evil STO, uh, we get a shot. We get a shock finishing, which evil, uh, of bullet club. Now wins the, uh, IWGP, Intercontinental and Heavyweight Championships, uh, becoming the double champ himself. In this case, Naito fails a second heavyweight defense and his third Intercontinental defense in this case. But uh, the story here is the aftermath with a couple of things where Bullet Club boys come in. Dick Togo is the man revealed under the Bushi mask as people's heater. And I am 100% behind that. If anything... The addition of Dick Togo, one of the low-key best pro wrestlers on earth, still currently actually working in any way. At at 50 years old. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Uh, Those two alone make the current Bullet Club incarnation far, far less geeky than what they were coming into this entire weekend. Yeah. Let's think so, because, boy... There, there'd be, outside of Taiji Ishimori, there'd be some geeks in that fucking stable. Yeah. And, 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 of course, you know, the, the, he, he has some deep ties to... to yeah, to John and Gato. Yeah. yeah, exactly. There's history there. Just, and, I mean, that's a Michinoku pro guy that we're talking about here who's been in the scene for longer than some of you have been following New Japan Pro Wrestling. No offense. Well, longer this. than some of you have been alive. Well, not too. <laughs> I mean, yeah, he, he he was in WWF, let's not forget, <laughs> for a little bit. Indeed, but so, um, and also, if we get... No, 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 a- no, he was gone by the time that they were, that Taka and uh, and Funaki were doing that, uh, that True, no, shit. That so. is, but the biggest thing, too, to keep in mind is that the LAJ guys did come in for the rescue this time around from the rest of Bullet Club, and Hiromu was... An absolutely broken shell of a human being just screaming out in agony and running away, basically just swearing like bloody vengeance at this point. I don't uh, think he was a broken shell. I think he was just pissed. I mean, that too. But it's like the betrayal from the previous night, uh, the dreams of going up against uh, his mentor figure for the heavyweight title as the junior champion and just all of that sort of put into a show, it's kind of like, yeah, man, had a breaking point at some point or another here, and, you know, we'll get into that a little bit more as we talk about the next tour, but it should be noted, Evil with new music, new attire, he also became the evil, literal evilest son of a bitch on the planet by going after Milano. How dare you, first and foremost, on that. Yeah, damn. I mean, Milano, he, he his his heart was broken, and then he gets attacked. I mean, what's up with that? 
What's up with that? Milano deserves better. He does. Gato's still doing Milano dirty, even. Yeah, even, <laughs> years even after, after the ending fact. his career, literally, <laughs> doing him dirty still. Being Milano is suffering, which, uh, yeah. Terrible. So, uh, okay, so I, I just want to make mention of a couple of things. Number one, I am quite sure that this was supposed to be Jay at Dominion who did this. I do. I, I definitely believe that is the case, and I do believe that the plan all along was for Naito to lose at Dominion, which I think in a normal world where COVID-19 doesn't happen and where we get the anniversary match between him and Hiroma, we get another double title defense at Sengoku Lord and probably against the winner of the New Japan Cup as well. Before no, that, Dominion that would have been, been Sakura right. Genesis. Yeah. Sengoku yeah, Lord would have happened during uh, Dantaku, Michael. You're right, yes. But at the very least, we would have had not only the lengthy Naito reign, but probably an extra defense or, or two on top of the anniversary match with Hiroma, which I think a lot more people would have been satisfied with this result had that been the circumstance. Unfortunately, the world did fall into chaos, and Tetsuya Naito, unfortunately, did become a victim of circumstance here which is unfortunate but at the same time this doesn't take away from the fact that on january 4th and january 5th he pulled out two of the greatest moments like of his entire career by doing what he did yeah like that doesn't get erased because of that well and uh, pl- well and plus even so he held this belt for he held the title for 189 days regardless. yes and, and, and that is the rubric that it's measured by. Mm-hmm. It, it's still, yeah, okay, he only had two defenses and failed the second one. Um, Sorry, had the world not caught fire, yeah, he would have had at least another one, maybe two. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, he would have had one at Sakura Genesis against the cup winner, and then he maybe would have had one at Wrestling Dontaku. Mm-hmm. Because that was I- supposed to be two days, so they had to do something. Yeah, I think the biggest thing to consider, too, is also the fact that even with the shock finish that it was and with Evil now being the double title holder, that's one of Naito's boys there that he's been looking out for since the, you know, Animal Hamaguchi dojo days, Yeah, as it is. And we're going to be talking about Evil's first challenger coming up, and that's another guy that's been under the Naito mentorship learning tree for quite some time as well. So I think if anybody is more thrilled than anything with the aftermath of this is the guy who held the double gold in the first place. Yeah, I and mean... Not he, mention, uh, just as an extra addendum too, he made two guys within the same faction during the process of the spring by giving Kenta like the biggest shit-eating grin heel moment we've seen in New Japan in quite some time by dropping him the way that he did right as roll call was about to happen mm-hmm. and the dome at that like that makes that kenta is a made man as for he in new japan regardless going forward at this point because of that yeah and that's a credit to both guys for nailing that moment the way that they did well, pl- and, well plus you know he did turn his back on shibata too but that's that too story. that helped that helps considerably <laughs> yeah but, but i mean again it, he held it for 189 days that's over six months in pure numbers, and that is the rubric that is that title reigns are measured. Yes, they they go by defenses too. But I yeah. mean, defenses you you 
really only get a, one defense every two, three months anyway. Yeah, but the tour schedule the way that it is, that's pretty much the yeah. gist of it. So, there. I mean, it's not out of the... It's not, you know, some some aberration. Yes, again, the World Cup fire. We, there's going to be an asterisk by... Naito is champion because of the because of the pandemic, granted. But, um, and, and, and you know the, the the thing I couldn't abide by were, were people on the internet trying to needle Naito fans about this. Yeah, it's like Naito fans actually weren't freaking out about this because, haha, yeah, like he ain't gonna be winning G One Climax at this point, right? <laughs> you know, it, it's very much a situation for us in which it's like. We knew it was going to end at some point. We're just happy we got here yeah, in the first. Yeah, we, we got here in the first place. He, 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 he made the history. He, he made the history. He was the made guy in a two-day dome show. Something not even Inoki did was a two-day dome show. You know, <laughs> it's very much a situation where, regardless of the end, uh, the ending of this. This was basically like Naito clear, you know, he cleared the end game portion. If this is a JRPG, he beat the final bosses. He got what he meant out of it. He got his good ending. Everything else has been basically like a new game plus run. Yeah. Yeah. And this is, yeah, this is, yeah, we're in the DLC, we're in the bonus DLC portion, mm-hmm. you know, um, but come on, like now yeah. Again, like, like you don't think Naito's not gonna be like the guy coming coming up here still? Okay. Well, all right. If you say Weird so. Flex, but okay. But yeah. Let's, now, let's... I, I do have to ask you one thing though before sure, we move yeah. forward. Let's do it. Do, do, do you see Evil headlining the dome? I do not think so. Again, as we mentioned, I think COVID forced their hand on this one. This somewhat stick to original plans and i do think it's going to be really interesting to see when everybody is back in a post-pandemic world uh if you think about it bullet club right now has with the new additions of you know evil and dick togo including the guys that aren't there currently because of the pandemic about 13 14 guys i would i think just off the top of my head uh let's consider the fact also that uh, Gowles and Anderson most likely once they're cleared to travel and in a less hectic world they're probably going to be coming back to their roots in Bullet Club because Carl Anderson is one of the founding four members of it so that's going to be about 15 16 guys in there no way in hell is it something where some of the Japanese talent they're like Evo, Dick Togo, Ishimori are looking around going uh, we kind of held this faction but glue all together while you were all playing hooky elsewhere at this point we're out of here fuck this like i wouldn't be surprised if you get uh, the faction sort of breaking up again kind of like the bc elite and bc ogs thing happened except far less convoluted and with far less like foreign fuckery out of it like yeah last well time. it is kind of ironic that the the stable that was formed to be the gaijin heel stable is now all currently act all their active, currently active members are, are Japanese now. Yeah, the the irony is there. But also one other point that I want to touch on, and that's part of the huge discussion that we can have on the aftermath of this show and everything uh, moving forward as well, is that 
even though it's a shock finish, and even though people like to harp on Gato for certain things that he does with his booking, Gato's two for two on shock finish finishes involving heavyweight title switches so far. With Kazuchika Okada back in 2012 at the New Beginning, and then with Jay White at the New Beginning just last year. Yeah, and, you uh, know, and that's something I didn't even bring out. Something I didn't even bring up at. Um... Well, I guess it means three for three then. Yeah, I'm. We're. It's a yet. It's a wait and see approach. Yeah. I think you as the defenses come up and such. Right. But being two for two so far on those is not bad in any way, shape, or form. And here's the other thing with this as well. And I just want people to really think about this. You know, take a deep breath, calm down from your hot takes of you know how evil killed New Japan Pro Wrestling. Oh, Jesus, or how, I, I did see that. My God. Or how or how Tetsuya Naito versus Evil is the worst non WWE cinematic match that's happened this year. Which, again, um, kindly get the fuck out of here with that. Uh, just keep it to that and not go on a rant about it. But what I want to say is. Think about the current New Japan main event scene. If you think about the big four that are there currently, uh, JY is sort of the newest guy into the fold after being inserted in in a post. Kenny Omega leaving for AEW World. He's in his early, he, he's in his mid 20s still. He's going to be around for a while, and he's a dojo guy that they invested on. So that's a good thing there. You know, you've got somebody uh, that you know can carry things. You've got Kazuchika Okada at 32, whose body of this point of six plus years of just, you know, big time main event match after main event match after main event match might as well be considered the body of a 40 year old, especially with the way that he willingly takes bumps for certain people yeah. uh, in, certain, in certain sequences. So add him to like the growingly like weary and tired list of things at this point. Then you look at somebody on the fringe of that scene currently, but who's got legendary status like Hiroshi Tanahashi at age 43. And then you look at Tetsuya Naito and Kota Ibushi, who, for Ibushi's case, even though he ages in reverse like a vampire from the way he looks, <laughs> he's 38 years old. Tetsuya Naito, also 38 years old. Evo is 33. He's not too far away from the last two that I mentioned, but he isn't what you'd consider to be wrestling prime age right now. In elevating somebody like that to the main to the main event status within New Japan for the next couple of years, especially a guy who has now done everything in the singles spectrum, but win a G1 climax. Yeah, that's a move that you need to make. You need newer stars to take the mantle at this point because you're not going to be able to depend on the Tanahashis and the Naitos and the Ibushis forever. And with Okada having been on the scene as long as he has for as, you know, and held the title for as long as he has too on top of it, that's, you need to freshen stuff up in these matchups. And we're getting this out of these next, uh, two, next tour coming up. And just, it's beyond me that people are complaining. Uh, well, just... You know, and and you know, here, here's the other thing, and this is something back we, we could have uh, we we could have mentioned earlier in the at the top of the program when everybody was making fun of, uh, you know, Harry Kuwato's return. It's like, do you remember when Okada got booed out of the fucking Tokyo Dome? Yeah, <laughs> you know, for daring and, and to you step look, up. You, look, you know, 
Yeah, and he looks like uh, the the biggest geek on earth with like his fake pompadour and everything else. Yeah. And then within the next month, we basically saw a radical change into the guy that would you know start to lead the company into some of its uh, best years along yeah. with Tanahashi. I mean, you know, I, again, that was just a, a side point. And, and also, let's not forget how Jay White's return was kind of, eh, you know, Luke. Yes. Mm-hmm. Too. I mean, let, let's you know that that's that something we could we could have folded in too. But again, I, I I don't see evil headlining Wrestle Kingdom 15. But at the same time, they needed to do something. And if you recall, do you remember the last time that New Japan really had their back against the wall was back in 2016 when Shinsuke Nakamura, AJ Styles, and Guns and Gallows all left for WWE, uh, and everybody was like, "Oh yes. fuck, what are we gonna do without?" Oh my god, what the fuck are we going to do without Shinsuke Nakamura and the elevated Tetsuya Naido to mm-hmm. new heights and, you know, and Katsuyori Shibata, you know, became yeah. a, a firm fan favorite during this time. Mm-hmm. And it's like, you know, that was the, the thing is like, we thought that New Japan was screwed and they adapted and they haven't had to do this in a while and they're starting to adapt again. They had to. It, it's very much a situation where with, and, and this time around, it isn't so much talent leaving that forced their hand. It's a global pandemic forcing half of their talent to stay home that day. Yeah. And they made, I think, lemonade out of the lemons that they were given with this format for the New Japan Cup. Also proving the fact that some of the junior heavyweight guys can hang in any weight class of any way shape or form and ideally this should result in them getting a little bit of a nod to do some of these bigger matches like we're going to be seeing here with then yeah. uh single yeah so let's talk it's about awesome. that but one last note on uh on the cycle before we we move on to that which is uh minoru suzuki was out this past weekend because on friday the 10th he had registered a fever so he was kept off the shows as a precaution, which is, yeah, the exact right thing to do. But, mm-hmm. yeah, I just hope that, yeah, I just hope, it, sta- I I hope it stays that way. Let's just put it that way. Let's just yeah, hope it was just that. Yeah, they did mention he, was te- he did test negative the last time that he was in the shows the week prior. So yeah, that's at least a positive it- enough sign. But ideally, yeah, let's hope Murder Dad didn't contract anything other than just like a bad like summer cold kind of thing yeah and, uh. so and with that uh yeah let's discuss now uh on monday the 20th is a new japan yeah. road show but that's going to be all tag matches so we don't really need to focus on that but yes on uh july the 25th yeah there is one thing i want to highlight though there is at the very least the main event is going to be seeing the uh in-ring debut of Bullet Club Dick Togo at the very least as he is teaming well, that's with true. Uh, the double champ Evil, Taiji Shimori against Bushi, Tatsuya Naito, and Hiromu Takahashi in this case. But the big matchup for uh, of the big matchups and show for us is going to be a couple days later, Saturday, July 25th in Aichi, uh, single Lord in Nagoya is happening at the Aichi Prefectural Gymnasium. Yep. And... We can break down the card really quick just because we've got a total of seven matches for this one. So singles-wise to start the match, we have Yuya Uemura versus Taiji Shimori, which should be interting. That should be that, fun. 
Uemura has been, you know, getting a little bit more yoked during this uh, oh pandemic Oh boy, time. yes, he has. Uh, so is so it's Su- Yoda Suji, Suji for yeah. that matter. They both literally just like, okay, we got to step this up accordingly here. Yeah, Yoda uh, Suji is moving like, beyond my my original uh, comparison of him as being like a younger uh, Tatsuhiro Takaiwa. <laughs> yeah. It's a situation like he's woken up accordingly and like that head of hair on his is going to be pretty good. I think he's been taking some hints from Goto Hiroshi Tanahashi and how to take care of that hair because it's <laughs> ice so far into it. But no, this should be fun. Ishimori is a great wrestler as well, so you should be able to get the best out of uh, this situation. You have an eight-man tag with Tenko, uh, with the GBH guys, Kojima and Taguchi against uh, Chaos guys and Ishii Yano. Uh, and then Young Lions, uh, Yoda Tsuji, and Gabriel Kidd, who, shout out to Gabriel Kidd as well, too, because he held his own accordingly during the course of this tour as well, be it the New Japan Cup singles match that he had, and some of the other showings as well by, you know, sticking around with the main dojo rather than, you know, going back to the LA one where he's supposed, you know, mainly based out of kind yeah. of thing. So there's that to consider. Right, um, and we're going to talk about that LA dojo here in a few minutes, but go ahead. Yeah. Here's the interesting thing though on the third match because it is a team up of uh, Naito, Sanada, and Bushi, but then on the other side of the fence for Chaos, it's Sho, Goto, and Yoshihashi, actually. Yeah, this- so Yoshihashi yeah. may not be as injured as we thought because he's also on that New Japan Road show. Yeah, so interestingly enough, I guess good on him for not missing time in this case. Now, fourth match. You have the Suzuki Gun oh, team. With them. This is a 10-man clusterfuck. <laughs> yep. The, the new tag champs in Dangerous Techers. Minoru Suzuki is slotted to come back to action here, which is good. Yoshinobu Kanemaru and Doki against the uh, team of Tenzan. Nagata, the third-generation dads being represented. The former tag champs in Golden Aces, Hiroshi Tanahashi and Kodobushi. And Master Wato there uh, continuing to wage his Suzuki Gun uh, warfare at this point so yeah so i mean that i mean yeah wano's not exactly getting any high anything high profile yet but maybe that's for the best right now yeah just keep it simple keep the whole thing with suzuki gun still going in a way with tenzin backing him up as we've seen on post uh match interviews and yeah build up to something from there you've got yeah. time oh yeah if anything with this pandemic you've got time <laughs> uh then in the fifth match, it's a special singles match, uh, which is basically revenge for the NJ Cup semifinals for this one as Kazuchika Okada takes on Yujiro Takahashi in Yujiro Oof. Takahashi's highest profile match in years and just... Oof. Oof. <laughs> oh my uh, god, when, when, when you're... I mean, I, the only thing I could think of is that this is the placeholder for what usually is the the, the annual... Okada versus Bad Luck Fale match. Yeah, that sounds about right. Because, oh my fucking god. Uh, I, you you, you okay. cannot pay me to watch a Yujiro Takahashi singles match. I am so fucking sorry, but... Well, let's move on to better things in this case, which is the sixth match, which is a never open way championship match. As Shingo Takagi makes his attempts to third defense of the title against El Desperado. Now this should this should bang. Absolutely, cannot wait. Uh, should be a lot of fun, especially considering the fact that these are guys that very much hit like 
literal heavyweights uh, in the way that they do some of their moves, even though Sh- Shingo you know, is, a, Shingo is guys. an actual heavyweight. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but then, you know, the main event, it, this is the big one here because it is a double title defense. Both the heavyweight and intercontinental titles are going to be defended uh, as Evil attempts the first defense of both against the IWGP junior heavyweight champion in Hiromu Takahashi. And talk about a fresh and exciting main event that wow. we have not seen in New Japan Pro Wrestling. Ooh, what a yeah, it. seriously. Uh, actually, it's been seven years since a match of this type has been booked, too. Uh, the last time that the reigning junior champion faced challenge for the IWGP heavyweight title, it was on uh, July the 20th, 2013. And uh, Kazuchika Okada beat Prince Devitt. Yep. I was about to say, I'm like, it probably was Devitt at some point. Uh, it was Devitt. Yeah, I, I remember that. Again, match, so. again, again, full-fledged proof that after Devitt left for the Fed, that a couple months later, they brought in a new four big-time foreigner, AJ Styles, and gave him the heavyweight title. It's just proof that Devitt walked so the rest of them could run, if anything. I, I I still think that Kenny Omega's super push was supposed to go to AJ too, but anyway. <laughs> oh yeah, definitely. But you know, try to make le- uh, lemonade out of the lemons that you were given at the time. Oh yeah, yeah. It, it, it's it's you know, the story of you know wrestling really. So yeah. in a lot of ex- ways. I, but I am excited for this because here's the thing that I will say with Evil as a new champion, even though Dick Togo is going to be there, be there in this corner, even though there's definitely going to be fuckery because. Bullet Club involvement and such. Uh, the very fact that it's a new champion that won by Nefarious means against the guy who wants revenge on his former stablemate for doing said nefarious things. I don't know what's going to happen in this match, and I like that. Like I like yeah, the idea of actual fresh match. Yeah, it is an actual fresh match. And it's something, again, just further proof that Hiromu Takahashi is a guy that is above pretty much any weight class at this point. He is somebody that should be part of your marquee stars getting pushed uh, over the next few years. Someone that I believe should main event a dome someday. Oh, he's going to. He, He is going to definitely main event the dome at some point. Because you would be foolish not to. <laughs> Honestly, you know, yeah. but no, I, I do agree with that absolutely. But that's in Goku Lord in a nutshell. We do have the summer struggle tour that's going to be starting the day after that on July 26th over at Cork, and they have a two shot 26 the 26th and the 27th there before going to she's woke 29th and then back to the Back to Corken Hall on the 31st. For, for five freaking shows. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Jesus Christ. Yeah, July 31st, August 6th, 7th, and 8th. 8th and 9th. 9th. Yep. And then they go to Osaka on the 11th. Now I'm going to so, I'm gonna call foul on the, on the show on the 8th. Yeah. Because that show should be in Yokohama. Yeah. I just... Probably it's one of those circumstances where... They couldn't agree with the venue probably to get that done. Which... Yeah, I mean, that, I mean that is entirely possible. But yeah, yeah I mean, it, it, let's face it, it's it's the eighth. It should be in Yokohama. The yeah, I agree. August. Just one of those circumstances again. We're COVID nineteen doing COVID nineteen things. Things, yes. 
Um, so, I mean, yeah, but I mean, yeah, look at this. Out of a 12-date tour, seven dates are at Corican. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Good lordy. And, and it's going to be, you know, we, we would assume, uh, you know, you know, uh, you know, a fraction of the attendance. Yeah. Which is definitely. what is supposed to happen. Oh, yeah, that's another mm-hmm. thing. I, I can't wait for anybody to say, I, I can't wait for the argument to say that Naito wasn't a draw as a champion because he could only bring, you know, less oh, than 4,000 sure. to Osaka I, Jamal. I, I, don't, I know it's been brought up, like, sarcastically at this point by a couple of people who are Naito fans, and I got a good laugh out of it yeah. as well. well. I was waiting for somebody to be serious about it. Oh yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure that's happening at some point or another. Yeah. Most, most likely. But um, let's just put it this way too. Uh, there was another thing that has been happening during the course of this New Japan Cup tour that we haven't talked about it here, but I know we've covered on the blog a couple of times. So let's just take a moment to what, talk what's, about what's it. What's this we shit on the blog? <laughs> well, what do you mean you. we? <laughs> I should correct myself. It's been all yeah, you. Yeah, yeah. Yes. There you go. <laughs> It's all you in the blog. I, I, I consistently can... bury you for the for for this, but for <laughs> this trying to true. take credit for the blog when you do nothing be, with it. To be fair, you're 100 percent correct in doing so, and I deserve it every time. So there. <laughs> but anyway, but yeah, light let's... collision has been a thing that has been happening on the LA Dojo side of the fence. Now these shows have been no fans whatsoever. Uh, it's been usually two matches per card in a half an hour, you know, one shot type of thing with uh, the English commentary being the guys handling the duties in that portion. And we've had some interesting things come out uh, out of that with uh, Young Lions Cup winner from last year, Carl Fredericks, uh, officially now graduated from yep. that. Uh, and, and, and hang on a minute. You're underselling the whole commentary thing because on the, the English announced side, yes, it's Kevin Kelly, Chris Charlton, and Gino Gambino. On the Japanese side... Uh, I don't know the 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 main announcer, but he he's also joined by Hiroshi Tanahashi and Katsuyori Shibata. Yeah, and that, and that tandem is fun just on the basis that Tanahashi's been around for as long as he has, and Shibata's training these guys. So, yeah, you know. but yeah, I, I do like uh, Carl Fredericks's new look. I do as well. Like I'm a big fan of just the the red with the tassels and the whole yeah. like. Well, like the whole wolf perspective of it, because he cut a post-match promo after winning that first main event of Lionsbury Collision, just explaining how his allegiances are still to LA Dojo, but that he's very much his own guy, and that like if anyone wants to follow him, like he'll take it by force rather than just being a situation where he's just gathering people and trying to jump to like the next mule ticket, like. Bullet Club, like Kenta did, or Chaos, like Rocky did, and stuff like that kind yeah. of thing. So yeah, I he, thought he, it was a interesting way of going about it. For yeah, sure. he, he, yeah, he really did shit on the idea of of the units, but um, but at the same time, uh, uh, TJP two and zero on these shows. Um, yeah, yeah, great. <laughs> awkward. Anyway, awkward, but anyways, they've had some good showings there, like a couple of the guys that they've been featuring on it like russ taylor the dkc they have been fun to watch uh but uh, coming up this week in a couple of days from when we post this will be the third episode of lions break collision and that's the one debut that i think jeff and i have been looking forward to the most and that's the debut of filthy tom lawyer lawyer yes he, he will be up against uh he will be up rocky against rocky oh. romero that should be a fun match and, um, and there's a tag match too True. Uh, yeah. Uh, Mysterioso makes his TV debut. 
EPW mm-hmm. work. I think he's teaming with the DKC against, I think, uh, Carl Fredericks and Clark Connors, I think. I think I believe that is the matchup, yes. Yeah. And keep in mind, too, Fredericks has been having issues with Jeff Cobb in that particular set of uh, matches. Yeah, so we the- actually have a little bit of a storyline going there. Yeah, so we will most likely have a singles match between the two somewhere down the line here, and that should be fun because... Carl's a good Carl's a good wrestler even before coming into the dojo, and then Jeff Cobb is well Jeff Cobb, so should be yeah. should be a to watch the two yeah. of them just now, beat up on each. Now th- th- these are hardly you know must see TV, but I mean it, it's fun stuff you know. And at the time we didn't you know, when this was first announced, we didn't even realize that you know the you know the the main the main program was going to be coming back. So, I mean, it, it, it kind of, you know, took away some of that momentum, too. But at the same time, you know, they're a little fun. Uh, it was announced yesterday mm-hmm. uh, when we record this that they are going to be carried by Fight TV, too. Uh, but from the looks of things, it's going to be two weeks behind the NJPW airings, and there will be a charge for this. So, once again, I'm just going to reiterate that I, I still now, as we speak to this day, cannot figure out what sort of situation exists where it's more convenient to watch New Japan on a pay-per-view basis on Fight TV as opposed to less than $10 a month plus an international conversion, you know, currency conversion fee on NJPW World. I don't get it either, but I guess for some people, they're just super picky and they don't want to watch New Japan all the time. But yeah, it's a weird concept for me as well, if anything. So... So yeah, yeah it's just go with that. Sure. Yeah, we'll, we'll we'll go with that. But that's uh that's that's the state of play right now in uh New Japan Pro Wrestling. So I'm just gonna throw one little curveball out uh related to um quasi related to New Japan Pro Wrestling because as you know it was founded by a former NJPW guy and run by a former another former NJPW guy. But how about uh Pro Wrestling Zero One being rescued from the brink of death. Yeah, that was some excellent news to uh, find out eventually because they were on the brink there for quite some time. So yeah, and uh, so I mean, and of course, you know, it was founded by Shinya Hashimoto and has been run since forever by Shinjiro Otani. Mm-hmm. You know, but both, yep. uh, you know, NJPW legends of their day. But. Uh, yeah, it, 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 it's kind of wild that, that, that they're sticking around. Uh, we could make some comments. Uh, I'm not going to. I'll, I'll leave that for uh, Lawrence O'Brien on his on his show. Uh, <laughs> Pro in the rough. Pro in the rough. Yeah, I'll, I'll let Sir. him. Uh, I'll let him make all the uh, all the all the all the jokes about where Zero uh, One gets their money. But uh, yeah, so yeah, that was just a, a wild thing to, to see. So. So, yeah, and that, that's where we're at. And, uh, yeah, so two shows coming up uh, next week and then a full tour starting the next, you know, the week after that. Yeah. And uh, I really hope they, I really, really hope on the tour they, they stick with the format that they laid out in during the New Japan Cup because it, it was. The five, yeah, the five matches uh, format would be super nice. Just have these shows be two, uh, you know, under just under shy of like two hours, two and a half hours at most, it's perfectly fine. Pro wrestling all around there. Yeah, because I, I honestly, I mean, it, it's taken me a while, but you know, I, I think I really am at the point where I'm like, you know what? More than like 
seven matches, unless it's like, you know, Wrestle Kingdom. You yeah. Know, it has to be something like that, and I start itch getting itchy, you know? Yeah, I agree. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, and, you know, I think that, the, you know, the length of time it was taking was, was just perfectly fine. It, maybe it's because I'm watching AEW Dynamite now, and I'm, I'm getting used to that format again. <laughs> after after yeah. being away from um, the American format for the longest time, you're just kind of like, oh, wow, two hours of pro wrestling altogether, and then I can just go on about my daily life. Yeah. That sounds well, pretty good. Like watching, you know, that's why I watch, you know, the, 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 the football matches, you know, the soccer matches, you know, shout out to, you know, Busting Balls, now also oh, on the PWOM yes, yes. <laughs> Podcasting Network, in addition to, you know. It was the Dynamite, yeah. You know, well, that too. I meant in addition to our own feed and on Spotify now. True. But uh, yeah, I mean, it was yeah. I mean, it's like it, it's two hours as opposed to an NFL game, which can go upwards of four sometimes. You know. Yeah. Very so, true. Yeah, I mean, once I got into that rhythm. But anyway, we, we're we're kind of rambling now. So. <laughs> so uh, yeah, that's that's the state of play right now in New Japan Pro Wrestling. So, uh, Chris, go ahead and plug yourself. All right. Uh, simple enough for me. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Brazilian Fury. That's Brazilian with uh, S instead of a Z. You can also find my other podcast, Soundtracks on the Sticks. We're on Twitter, Sounds on Sticks for that Twitter handle, as well as you can find our particular feed for that at the uh, Night of the Living Geeks podcasting network, which is soundcloud.com slash N-O-T-L-G, or you can just find it for any of the regular podcasting things like your Spotify's, iTunes, uh, Google Plays of the World. It's all there on the, the Night of the Living Geeks RSS feed. So, And of course, you can find me at Strong Style Story without the Ian Style on Twitter, my personal Twitter at GD Wessel, 2S1L, uh, the blog still at strongstylestory.tumblr.com. And, uh, this weekend, I, John and I are going to be doing another episode of Busting Balls, especially after uh, the big decision that came down yesterday from the Court of Arbitration of Sport. So we're going to be asking, what's the point of UEFA? So that's uh, <laughs> that's what we're going to be talking about this week. And you can find that here on the PWOM Podcast Network, as well as SoundCloud.com slash Busting-Balls, or even on Spotify, search Busting Balls Podcast. So, Chris, any final words? Just calm down, everybody, for fuck's sake, especially <laughs> on this whole evil thing. Yeah, tranquilo, indeed, <laughs> my friends. Just take a deep breath and relax. It, it's pro wrestling, and if you decided after all that you don't like this stuff, particularly the New Japan's doing and you don't want to watch it, there are other, other companies that are running shows. Find something that you enjoy watching and do that. Like, more of that energy into the world and less of the sort of, you know, moaning and complaining about everything energy. Has it really been that much moaning? Because I haven't actually seen that much moaning. I I think there were people who were saying that there were people going to be moaning, but I haven't actually seen that much moaning. I've seen a good amount of it to the point in which it's enough to bring out this message at this point. Fair enough. We'll we'll leave it at that. Yeah, don't, don't watch wrestling you don't enjoy. I mean, that's... Yeah, simple. But I mean, I mean, we were guilty of that in the latter half of 2018 ourselves. So. True. Well, we figured it out eventually that we wanted to stick with it after that Wrestle Kingdom portion, and then we've gone from there. So you know. Yeah, it's true. True. So, all right. Well, until then, uh, we'll uh, we'll talk at the end of the uh, 
We'll talk at the end of the summer struggle tour. We're, we didn't discuss it much, but they haven't given us anything to work with. So what are we supposed to do? So, uh, so yeah, and you, you can hear you know hear me on Boom Goes the Dynamite every week as well. So uh, until then, uh, on behalf of Chris Damasano, this has been episode sixty-five of the Strong Style Story Podcast. Until then, uh, take care. Goodbye.